welcome to Menopause in the Kitchen, where we talk all things food and nutrition for women in their midlife years. I'm Rachel Cooper, dietitian and food lover, with a passion for sharing information about nutrition in practical ways, so that you can take what you need and implement it into your lifestyle. Join me in my kitchen as I share bite-sized chunks of information to help you nourish your body and thrive in your midlife years and beyond. Welcome back to Menopause in the Kitchen. I'm Rachel Cooper, dietitian, and I'm here in my kitchen ready to have another menopause nutrition chat with you. Today's um, topic for this episode is about um, budget tips um, in terms of food shopping and trying to save money when it comes to um, food and groceries because we know that at the moment the cost of everything is going up. Um, certainly the cost of food is, has gone up and for some people their budgets are getting tighter and I thought that it might be a good time to have a chat about some of the tips that I have um, I guess budget tips that will help you to still nourish your body in the way that you would like to, um, but without the extra cost. Um, so that's really what today's um, topic is all about. And it, I'm, I'm going to go through my top 10 food budget tips for the midlife woman. That's, um, that's today's topic. And let's... Uh, Hit it off and start with number one, shall we? Now, many of these um, these tips are relevant to everyone, of course. But what I have tried to do is try to incorporate some of the um, suggestions and foods that I often recommend midlife women to be consuming and just putting a bit of a budget spin on that. So, you know, how do you include those foods but not have it costing you um, a fortune? So, but certainly a lot of these tips really are relevant to everyone. So even if you're not a midlife woman, and I know there are a few, a few of you out there listening, um, these tips will be helpful for you too. So let's kick it off with number one. And number one is really around having a meal plan for the week and a shopping list. Um, and I'm a big believer in um, planning my meals. Now, I'm not talking about those, you know, diet meal plans. I'm not talking about, you know, trying to work out every single meal you're going to eat for the week um, and snacks and, you know, making sure that you um that you stick to it, uh, you know, that this is not that kind of meal plan. This is really just having an idea of what you're going to eat for the week and particularly that sort of main meal, whether that's your evening meal or whenever else you might have that main meal. Um, just so that you can plan your shopping around that and have a list that will help you to get all the foods that you need for, um, for the week for those meals. And that is a great way to save money because otherwise what happens is we end up, um, you know, ducking into the supermarket after work or throughout the week 
And sometimes it could be daily or, you know, several times throughout the week. And you know that you go in for a couple of items and you always come out with more. I mean, let's face it, supermarkets are designed to make you stay there and to make you buy more. So they have all these lovely enticing ways that they know work. Um, to get you to walk out with more than what you intended to buy. So the less we can be in there, (laughs) the better, because that means that we're going to be saving money and not buying things um, that we didn't necessarily need. So having a meal plan, I think that's really um, number one tip. And, you know, thinking about what you've got on for the week and, um, you know, writing down a rough plan about what sorts of meals you're going to have, maybe checking the pantry, the fridge, the freezer to see what you already have. Um, and then uh, from there, making a list of things that you need to go and get and trying to stick to that list if you can. I'm not always the best at doing that, I've got to admit. Um, but um, But, you know, at least if you have a list and you shop for what you need for the week, usually means there's less chance that you're going to need to go back into the supermarket at some stage um, throughout the week. So that's my number one tip. Um, Number two, I often talk about tofu as a food that I recommend midlife women have if they enjoy it. Um, Because it's high in phytoestrogens, so for some women that can help with um, managing symptoms, but also that's a great source of protein um, and iron. So particularly if you're more plant-based, tofu is um, an excellent sort of replacement, I guess, for meat. Um, And with tofu, there's a few different options if you're starting to, maybe you've always eaten tofu or maybe you're, you're new to tofu eating, um, you'll see that there's a range of different op- options. You can get a plain block of to- tofu, which is a, a pretty decent sort of size. Um, and then you've got the other ones where they're already marinated. So they're a smaller pack, they're pre-marinated, they are very convenient, but they do cost more than buying a regular block of tofu. So um, so a cheaper way of having tofu is to buy just a plain tofu and marinating it yourself. If you can try to remember, set yourself a reminder the night before and, you know, cutting it up, marinating it and popping it in the fridge, then it's ready to go the next day. Um So that's definitely a a cheaper way of having tofu. Um, Yes, we all love convenience and I've got to admit that I sometimes choose the more convenient option. But if you're really trying to watch the spending, um, buying the plain um, tofu might be um, a cheaper option for you. Now, thinking about waste, particularly if you're maybe the only one in the family eating tofu, maybe... um, you know, maybe you live by yourself, um, we don't want to waste it as well because, you know, we can buy the cheaper option, but if we end up wasting it, have we really saved money? Um, so you can freeze tofu. Um, so you can, you know, chop it up, pop it in um, a freezer bag or something like that and put it in the freezer. Um, I've heard that, now I haven't ha- haven't done it myself, but I have heard that the texture is a little bit different after um, freezing. So just be aware of that. 
Um, but I have also heard that after freezing tofu, it actually soaks up the flavors of a marinade or sauce or whatever that you're having the tofu in better than when it was just fresh. So, you know, there could be some um, positives to, to freezing your tofu. Or maybe just looking at planning your meals for the week so that you use that whole block of tofu, for example. Um, okay, th- number three is my, I've got to say my all-time favorite food for the midlife one, and I've spoken about this before, is legumes. So tinned chick- chickpeas, um, lentils, four-bean mix, baked beans, black beans, you know, cannellini beans you name it I could keep going um all of those sorts of um legumes those sort of dried beans lentils and so on um we know are really good for us in so many different ways you know high in phytoestrogens high in fiber great for the gut high in iron um so you know that they're, they're a real powerhouse um but the best thing is they're really cheap Um, They're a wonderful alternative to meat and a much cheaper option than meat. Um, Now, of course, if you want the cheapest option, you could buy the dried beans. So they're actually dried in a packet and you would need to soak them overnight and then cook them. So there's a little bit extra, I guess, um, you know, time and effort involved um, with that. It is the cheapest way to get legumes. But honestly, even a can of legumes is really very cheap for, you know, the amount of protein and the amount of, um, you know, goodness that you get from from them. Um, It's a wonderful way to to bump up your meals with fiber and protein um, and not have it cost too much. So if you're not into legumes, I mean, I understand some people really hate them. I get that. You either like them or you don't. Um, and I'm certainly not suggesting you go out and have them if um, if you really dislike them. But if you haven't sort of tried them much or maybe you have them sometimes but you kind of, you know, haven't included them too regularly, you know, get into legumes, have a go, try different ways of including them in your meals um, because, you know, they really are a very cheap option in terms of, a you know, a burst of nutrition. Um, so that is my um, my third tip for saving yourself some money. Budget tip number four is when you're eating meat, if you are a meat eater, a reminder that you don't have to eat huge amounts of meat. I mean, I know there's a big thing out there about protein and you know, everyone's harping on about um, having enough protein, but honestly, we don't need huge amounts. And in fact, small serves of meat um, can give us plenty of protein and iron. So meat's quite expensive um, and it's getting more expensive by the day. So maybe what you can look at if you do enjoy, you know, a steak or something like that is looking at your portion And having a smaller portion that is still going to give you all of the goodness that your body needs. So, for example, an 80 80 gram piece of beef, for example, is going to give you 21 grams of protein and 2.1 milligrams of iron. Now, that's really decent amount of iron and protein 
in a small serve. Um, now, of course, if you're, you know, if you're hungry and you're thinking like 80 grams, that's probably not a, not not enough for me. Um, again, these are budget tips. So if you're looking at cutting your budget down, um, sticking to a smaller piece of meat and then bulking up your meals with other things. So whether it's pasta, rice, um, more vegetables, etc., um, or maybe some legumes, as, as mentioned in number three. Um, so that's, you know, I'm not talking about cutting back your serves to try to, you know, reduce calories or anything like that. I'm talking purely about budget and money. And if you're really um, tight on on um, with your tight on your budget, um, cutting back your meat servings can really save you quite a bit. Um, and then start adding in lots of these other lovely, um, really nutritious foods that don't cost quite as much. But like I said, 80 gram piece of you know meat is going to give you a really good amount of protein and iron. You don't really need to be eating huge amounts to get that if that's what your concern is. Number five, tip number five is to use your leftovers. Um, so if you're cooking a meal and you know there's likely to be leftovers, think about what are you going to do with those leftovers? Are you going to have them for lunches um, the next couple of days? Or could, um, depending on how much your leftovers are and how many people you're feeding, is there enough to do two nights um, so the following night you don't have to cook, you just reheat. Or maybe you could incorporate those leftovers into a meal the next day. So say you've got some leftover chicken, for example, you might like to add that chicken to a pasta or a salad or whatever it is the next day. So um, always having a plan for your leftovers and having a think about it's likely I'm going to have leftovers. What am I going to do with them? Otherwise, we know what happens. They end up sitting in the fridge um, usually get pushed to the back of the fridge and they get forgotten about and then we throw it out and that's wasted money because we're um, that could have been a meal but instead we didn't eat it and ended up buying something um, else or using um, some of our other food to cook another meal and I guess this flows on to tip number six which is waste less food um, and you know using your leftovers is is one way to waste waste less food um, but a couple of other tips with um, wasting um, and wasting food would be to have um, maybe a basket or, or just the top shelf where it's front of mind um, you know as you open uh, the fridge and you see it right in front of you it's having either a container or a shelf that is your use it up foods. So if there are things that are starting to go close to their use by day or some leftovers or maybe some fruit and veg that's, you know, probably not going to be good for too much longer, have a spot in the fridge that is right at sort of eye level when you when you look in. And that that's a reminder to have those foods first or use those up somehow um, so that you uh, don't end up throwing it out and wasting it. Um, having a plan for your ingredients to use them up. So for example, say you're going to cook a meal and it requires some cabbage. So you buy half a cabbage, you use part of that for a meal, and then you've got, you know, another quarter left over. If you know that, think about planning your meals so that that cabbage gets used in another meal. So maybe you used cabbage to 
cabbage in a stir fry or something like that, you've got some leftover so you plan to make a coleslaw to go with chicken for another night. So just thinking about ingredients, particularly fresh ingredients, that are not likely to um, be used, you know, or you're not going to use the whole amount in one meal, um, and thinking about having a plan for how am I going to use the rest of that up. Storing your food correctly, particularly fresh produce, is really important because if we don't store it correctly, it goes wilted, it goes moldy, it goes slimy very quickly. Um, So, you know, thinking about storing the food so that it retains freshness um, and you're less likely to then, you know, pick it up, find it doesn't look that good and then either not use it or throw it out. Um, The other thing, I guess, is to not buy more than you really need, not buy more than what you actually are going to eat that week, and that will help to reduce waste. And that's, I guess, where the meal planning and shopping list can come in, because, you know, you can work out exactly what you need for the week and only, um, only buy the amount that you're going to need. Tip number seven, uh, breakfast cereal, oats. I love oats um, and I think oats are amazing. They're so versatile and they're really cheap. Um, They are a source of iron um, and I just, and of course, fiber. So they're great for your gut. They're great for reducing cholesterol. So again, um, lots of really great benefits with oats, Um, but they are quite cheap when you think about um, a lot of the breakfast cereals out there and the cost, you know, per gram um, or per 100 grams and you compare it to oats, um, oats are really quite cheap. So, um, you know, maybe think about getting into oats and I think they're versatile in that you can have them in all sorts of weather. Um, I know for me in winter, I love porridge um, or oatmeal, you know, Um, a nice warm bowl and I can add different toppings and so on, um, different flavours depending on what I I feel like. Um, But then in the summer, um, in the warmer weather when I don't really want hot breakfast like that, I can do overnight oats um, or a muesli or something like that that I can make myself. Um, You know, it's just a, a really cheap but very nutritious breakfast. Um, tip number eight, we're up to eight, um, is to buy in season. So we know that fresh produce that's in season, um, is going to usually have a cheaper, um, cost than those that are out of season. And particularly the ones that are out of season either have to be grown in, um, you know, hothouses, um, hydroponically or whatever. And there's a lot more input that needs to be put into those um, and they therefore cost more or they have to be shipped in from overseas uh, or other countries um, and that adds the co- to the cost. So, um, so buying in season, looking at what fruit and vegetables are in season for whatever season you're in they will generally, and now I say generally because there's always things that um, crop up that might affect the price of fruit and veg. Um, I know here in Australia we've had floods and um, and things like that that have gone on that have affected even foods that are in season 
um, at times have been very expensive. Um, but that's just because, yeah, because of sort of natural disasters and things like that that have occurred. But in general, we tend to find that if you buy fruit and veg in season, um, and as local as possible because it's not traveling as far generally tends to be um, cheaper in price and of course don't don't remember don't forget to think about um, things like frozen veg um, there's nothing wrong with frozen vegetables um, and they can often be a cheaper um, way of having vegetables as well um, if you compare the costs so a um, couple of tips there for um, fresh produce to help you save a little bit of money Okay, number nine um, is a tip that is pretty close to my heart. I love to grow my own food. Now, um, many of you might be saying, yeah, but Rachel, I'm not a green thumb. Don't, don't go and tell me I need to grow my own tomatoes. It's probably not going to happen. That's okay. But growing your own food can save you um, some money and particularly for certain um, for certain produce, uh, it's heaps cheaper and easier to grow yourself in most cases. So for example, herbs, you know, when you buy the fresh herbs in those little packets in the supermarket, they're really expensive <laughs> um, and they don't last long. You can put it in a glass of water. That's one of my tips for keeping things fresh up and, and in the fridge. Um, but often by the time they were picked and they ended up in the supermarket and then you buy it and then you take it home, they generally don't last that long and often we throw them out because we just don't use them. So they're a really expensive way to eat herbs. But having some herbs in a pot on your windowsill or just outside, um, you know, your kitchen door or whatever it is um, can be quite a simple way to grow herbs. And once you get the hang of it, so easy to just snip off a little bit of whatever herb that you need to put into your cooking it's fresh it's really fresh because you've literally just harvested it um, and you're not wasting it because the rest of the plant continues to grow so that is if you know if you kind of like mm, I don't know I'm not I don't really know that I'm that good at growing food but I wouldn't mind giving it a try start with some herbs in a pot um, and see how you go with that. Um, often what they need is just a little bit of watering um, and if you continually harvest them, they'll grow They'll grow quite well, provided they have light um, and they're not in a dark spot and, they, and they're getting water, they should, be, um, they should grow quite well. Now, of course, if that's just not your thing and you're thinking there's no way I'm going to grow my own herbs, that's okay, that's fine. Maybe dried herbs could be a cheaper way um, to use herbs in your cooking rather than um, fresh. The other thing that is really probably more, um, you know, ch more cheaper to buy or to grow than to buy would be things like leafy greens. Um, so um, lettuce, spinach, uh, um, what other? Oh, chard or silver beet, those sorts of things. They're really easy to grow. Um, they grow quite quickly and if you grow the varieties so a lettuce for example you have um, ones that are more like a head of lettuce where you literally have to pick the whole head of lettuce and then that's it but many of the varieties you can just pick the outer leaves 
um, and, you know, take what you need when you need it and the rest of the plant continues to grow. Um, so they really are much cheaper than, than buying as well. If you're happy to give that a go, again, can be growing quite easily in pots. And the other thing is sprouts. Um, you can grow your own sprouts. You can get a little kit, but you don't even really need to do that. Um, but you can grow your own sprouts. Just do a Google. I'm sure you'll find something on YouTube. Um, and, you know, sprouts could be added to your salads, to your sandwiches, to your um, to your stir fries and so on. So that could be just an easy way to get some, some greens in um, that's fresh that you've grown yourself. So they're just some very simple tips for growing your own food if you know uh, actually having a vegetable garden is out of the question for yourself so you know if that kind of resonates with you and it's something you'd like to try have a go and by all means um, if you have any questions I'm more than happy for you to send me um, a, a message a dm or an email um, if you want to give it a go but you're not quite sure how to start and then we have our final tip number 10 and number 10 is uh, tinned fish um, so things like tuna sardines salmon in a tin um, they are a lot cheaper than buying fresh and we know that fish and seafood um, are not very cheap and um, sometimes it's not accessible as well. So for me, for example, I live in a rural area, not near the sea. So fresh seafood is uh, a bit hard to come by and good fresh seafood is very hard to come by. So, um, you know, so I do often rely on canned fish. So tuna and um, sardines and, and those sorts of things. So um, they are a much cheaper option than fresh um, and also a much cheaper option than meat um, and still pack quite a bit of um, protein and iron. So, um, you know, so it's a, a, another great alternative that you can sort of whip up a meal that um, doesn't cost an arm and a leg. So that is my um, my final tip uh, for you know, budget eating um, for the midlife women and probably for pretty much anyone else out there. All of these tips are pretty, pretty much relevant to, um, to everyone. Um, but hopefully that has been helpful. We know that uh, many of us are, you know, trying to count the, count the dollars and the cents. And, um, you know, I, I know for sure my food budget has increased um, in recent times and it continues to increase, even though I'm not really buying anything differently. Just the, the cost of, of all the food that we're buying is, um, is going up. And I don't think there's going to be any reprieve um, in the near future. So, um, you know, if, uh, if, if that is an issue for you and you still want to nourish yourself and look after your your body and you know eat all those wonderful nutritious foods that I've been talking about hopefully today's episode will give you some ideas of what you might be able to implement to help to keep your budget under control um, of course not all of these um, tips are going to be helpful to everyone so as always I offer a variety of different strategies and ideas and I encourage you to choose what you think is um, useful or helpful to you um, and, you know, uh, and, and 
and go ahead and, and implement that if you feel that um, that it's uh, you know right for you. Um, so I'm not expecting that everyone go and do all 10 tips, but I like to offer a variety of options for people to, to choose from. So let me know how you go. If you try, try any of these tips that I've spoken about today, I'd love to hear from you. Um, also, if you have any other tips, um, budget tips maybe that you have um, you know, implemented recently uh, or maybe have been doing for some time, I think it'd be great to share those um, those tips. Maybe I might pop on Instagram with a, a little sort of question box. Um, so if you're over on Instagram and following me there, um, go ahead and, um, you know, write in your tips and we might share them with everyone because I think, you know, uh, sharing is caring. Sharing is all about um, helping each other to get through the, the harder times and financially for, for many people, um, these are, um, pretty hard times and they're not going away anytime soon. So, um, yeah, certainly let me know if you have any other ideas, I'd love to, to hear from you. So that's the end of today's, um, episode and I hope to see you again, um, next time again, once, once again, if you have any, uh, topics or ideas, please let me know. And, um, just a reminder also that I have a free resource over on my website, um, which if you sign up to my newsletter um, to get some updates and be the first to sort of know of anything new that I'm offering, um, if you sign up to that newsletter, you will get a free download, um, which is a, a resource kind of like a, a, a checklist or sh- not really a checklist, but a, a shopping list or guide um, for uh, foods for the midlife woman and they're under different categories. So depending on what your focus is, you can refer to that resource and have a look and see, okay, I really need to focus on strong bones, for example, because maybe your doctor has sort of said that you're at risk or whatever it might be. Um, or I really want to prevent myself from having osteoporosis because, you know, my mother's been diagnosed. You can refer back to that resource and it will list all of the foods that will help you to have strong bones, for example. Um, but there are there are a number of different categories. Um, and as it's relevant to you, you can refer back to that resource for some assistance. So if you're interested, go ahead, head to my website and um, yeah, download, uh, subscribe and download the, the resource. But that's all I have for today. And I will speak to you all very soon. Thank you for listening. 